0: of what you've done in our lives Lord you've set us free um, Lord we just really want to grasp that concept of what you've done in our lives Lord uh, we want more Lord it's so good we just want more we pray Lord Holy Spirit that you would just show us and illuminate to us your word Lord your plans for our lives Lord I pray Lord uh, you know you call, it, you call yourself the comforter in the word Lord I pray that you'd bring comfort to those who need comfort this morning right now bring peace in Jesus name all fear all fear and anxiety Everything that would hinder the word going forth, leave this room right now in the name of Jesus. Freedom come, love come, joy and hope especially come. So, Lord, we're ready. We're tuned up, Lord. Go ahead and, and um, speak to our hearts. And we just expect that you're going to speak to us, Lord. Help us to just be attentive in Jesus' name. So, um, a couple of things. Uh, first, those. On behalf of me and Tammy, I want to thank everybody for coming to Nadine's um, uh, memorial gathering yesterday. It was really cool. People who I know people who couldn't be there were praying for us, and we appreciate that. It was, uh, it was actually, you know, I don't know if you could have a good funeral, but it was a good funeral. I mean, we had some remembrance and some laughs and some tears. and um, You know, it was good, and we remember Joanne as well, which was really cool. And, and uh, we miss her, um, and we miss Nadine as well. And, and um, you know, Jared did a really good job of addressing... Um, some of the things in Nadine's life that, you know, didn't quite match up, you know, that uh, she still had some struggles, you know what I mean, and, uh, and some, of the, some people know those what those were, and uh, and it wasn't a complete work, and, and um, you know, I got to give my life, my wife a lot of credit because she really spoke into her life, you know, and she had received a vision for her life from God and was trying to press that vision into her, you know, just encouraging and, and rolling over and over again how things can be different and how things can be better, and, you know, one day you will be riding horses again. And one day you'll have strength. And, and you, you'll get a job. And, you will you know, your life will change. And um, some of those things came. And some of those things didn't get a chance to come. And it was just cut short, you know. It was a shame. Um, and But, you know what, though? She's with the Father right now in heaven. And probably laughing at all of us sitting here with all our stuff still, you know. <laughs> she's, uh, but she's, um she's in glory now and we, can, and we can be comforted with that fact that we know that she's with God you know and, and it's a simple concept really right we just accept Jesus into our hearts and that's it it's done that part's done but there's so much more than that right we can still live so much more than that and I think what the Lord has shown me to speak to about the, to this morning is, um, is peace and we're going to go through this, this passage of scripture but what I really want us to get out of it is peace is that we have this peace that already actually resides in us You know, there's really no reason for us to. And I want people don't, please don't hear me condemning you, saying, you know, if you don't have peace, something's wrong with you. What I'm saying is that we we do have peace inside of us already, and it's aching to come out into into every area of our lives. So we have that tool already in our toolbox. We just need to learn how to use it a little bit better. Does that make sense? So we're going to work work on that a little bit this morning and see how see if that helps out. I know it's going to help me, so at least I'll be okay. So let's start in John chapter um, 14, verse 15. Well, These these words are really small in this Bible. It says, uh, if you love me, you will obey what I command. And um, <laughs> I got a little story to go along with that one. Uh, you, you guys read directions, like when you're trying to put something together? You ever read the directions? I'm not a real good direction reader guy, you know. But usually I'll try to get it going, and then I'll th- oh, I got extra pieces, and you know I, I can i'm pretty good at building in construction i can build you a house you give me a piece of dirt i can put in the foundation i can frame it up roof it put it all together i can give you a house but when it comes to like cars and engines and motors and stuff like that i don't know i just don't have it you know it's just not a gift for me so i have to work at that so this week actually friday we we're working on in a bathroom it was kind of funny it was me josh and eric all in the same little bathroom and uh I was trying to get this diverter to work. And it, in, in the beginning, it says, you know, before you weld it together, before you put any heat in it, take all the pieces out that can melt. Take all the pieces out that are poor. So you've got to take the thing apart. And every time I read it, I'm like, but then I've got to remember how to put it back together. So I'm like, wait a minute, i got my cell phone. I take a picture of it, right? And I, and I take it apart, and I work on it, I get it going. At the end of the day, I start putting it back together again. And we can't get the thing to shut off. So I'm but the, the shut-off's in the basement, so I'm running down the stairs, I shut it off, mess with the thing, take it apart, put it back together again, turn on the water again, this water's still running right through the faucet. I'm like, dang, is it a little better yet? So I'm, I'm, I'm frustrated. Now I'm really frustrated. It's probably been 15 trips up and down the stairway, trying to get this thing to work. And it kind of dawns on me to pray. You know, I know Eric's already praying for me and Josh is praying for me, but I, I, I haven't quite gotten there yet. I'm still frustrated, so... I'm working on the thing, and I'm like, what is wrong with this thing? So I finally take it all the way apart. I'm, I'm, now, at this point, I'm like flipping things upside down. So I got the picture of how it's supposed to go, but now I'm opposite. You know, I've got everything turned inside out, and it's still not working. And last second, I look at the thing, and it's missing a little O-ring on the back. Everything's black, so it's kind of hard to see it. It's just a little baby ring, and that thing was missing. And it was sitting right in the box, maybe a foot from me. And I finally get that ring, put it back in, put it together, and it worked. But it was like why don't I just read the directions? You know, why don't I just focus on God? Why don't I just follow what he says? It would be easy, right? But, for some reason, I'm a direction skipper. So, and actually, I did read the directions with that foster, because I read to pull it apart, you know, but, I just messed myself up a little bit. So, um, so that's my big, one of my big stories for the week. I got another one, I don't know if I'm going to share it or not, but, we'll see. Uh, (laughs) But he says, uh, if you love me, obey my commandments. And, uh, you know what? What are God's commandments? What's what's Jesus's commandments? What does He say to do? Is it like the Ten Commandments? Is it the whole book of the law? What is it that He's asking us in that sentence? Um, and and uh, let's go to. Um, you guys can flip over to Mark 12, verse 28. We're gonna do a little Bible calisthenics today. So if somebody gets to that page and they want to yell it out to the, for a few Bible, that'd be good. But we're gonna look around at a couple different things. Seven one seven. Steve says. And there's no prizes for getting there first today. Ah, uh, okay. Seven what? All right. Everybody got it? 1228, right? All right. So, what are the teachers of the law? He came and heard them debating, noticing that Jesus had given them a good answer. He asked them, uh, of all the commandments, which is the most important? Now this guy, he's actually trying to trick Jesus. They've already asked him a question and he's, every time they ask him a question, he shuts them down. And they try to come back, hey, you go ask him. you go ask them. I could just see these guys, you know, well, well, what can I say? Oh, I got it. We'll just, we'll make them, make one commandment greater than the others and then he'll say, well, the other ones aren't important. So we'll get him with that. So Jesus goes, you're not, you're not going to get me. He says, the most important one he answered, Is here, O Israel, the Lord our God is one. Love the Lord your God with all your heart, with all your strength, with all your soul, with all your mind and all your strength. The second is this, love your neighbor as yourself. They didn't ask him for the second one, but he went ahead and gave it to them anyways. And I love that. So, so Jesus is basically saying, love God, love your neighbor, and love yourself. Seems kind of simple. Does everybody love themselves? Do you? Yeah? That's good. I think we should. I think we're supposed to love ourselves. It, really, what it is, is we're just coming in agreeing with God. He loves us. So if we don't love us, we're kind of disagreeing with Him. You know, I, he kinda of, downloaded that revelation on me one time. He's like, you know what? Well, you can't just keep calling yourself an idiot. I don't think you're an idiot. You know? So I had to change the way I, I perceived that. You know? And, and it's okay to love yourself. It's not that we love ourselves to the point where we're, you know, so narcissistic that all we think about is us because we kind of do that anyways. But... Uh, you know, he he just wants us to be in step with him. And so we can't really love other people if we don't value ourselves. And and he's not really talking about valuing our physical selves so much as the value of our souls. That's what Jesus died for, right? He died for our souls. He died to regenerate our souls so that we won't be like this forever. Um, that we can go from this life to the next life and then live in glory. So he just, he ended up just, he took the whole thing right on his head. And then... um and, and then the, the only other thing is like uh, how do we how do we really obey the law? Uh, you know Jesus actually ob- was completely obedient to the law. He he's without sin. He's the only person uh, that we know of that was without sin. You know he was part God and part man, and he was completely without sin. He kept the law. So through his obedience, by his sacrifice and through his obedience, we get to keep the law through that relationship. And so relational. what well, he did he did for us, so we can take that on and we can live in that. And that helps me see myself differently. That helps me see myself as, all right, wait a minute. It's not part of who I am to act this way. It's not part of who I am to act, you know, foolishly or to, you know, to swear a lot, which is my next uh, hurdle I'm working on. Particularly when I get frustrated with a, a plumbing faucet. Um, but I'm working on it. I'm going to get better. I promise. Um, and he says. Uh, oh I had another question that popped up in my mind I was like can I be completely obedient will I ever get to the point where I'm completely obedient to Christ to, to the laws and to, to not to the law but to, to love and, and to that commandment can I ever do that I, I think it's possible I'm not sure I'm not there so I can't really say yeah I did it you know here's the five easy steps you know I think it's kind of a lifetime we're, we're going to kind of go up and down and, and God's okay with that you know he doesn't really want us to sin because he knows it hurts us well, more than anything else and, and, um, but other than that he never leaves us or forsakes us he's always inside of us the Holy Spirit's living inside of us so he's not going to take off just because we had a bad day he's not like that he's not like us at all you know if he was going to be like that then he would have had a whole much more rules and stuff and he would have kept the law and then we would have kept that he wouldn't have sent Jesus Jesus abolished all of that stuff so we're free now um, I'll flip back over to John again so so He says in verse 16, he says, I will give you the spirit of truth. Who is the spirit of truth? The Holy Spirit, right? He's so cool. So how do you get the spirit of truth? How do you get the Holy Spirit living inside you? It comes at conversion. When you get that new creation inside you, the Holy Spirit resides right inside of you at the same time. So you have the Holy Spirit living inside you. So if you have the Holy Spirit living inside you, we should get to know him, right? It's a relationship and that's our that's the key with him is that I think he wants us to speak to him and talk to him more, hang out with him, listen to him. You know, we don't have to do it like I was listening to this guy this morning and he was saying, you know what? You don't have to spend hours and hours and hours because you're just gonna grow weary and tired of doing it and not want to do it anymore. You know, spend five minutes. Spend one minute. If five minutes is too much, let's go with one minute. Start with one minute. Sixty seconds. Just say it. what do you want to speak to me, Holy Spirit? I know you're in there. What do you want to tell me? What do you want to do? How do you want me to talk to Heather today? You know, how do I, how can I bless Heather, you know? How can I bless my wife? You know, give me something for my son. What can I say to him to encourage him, you know? And then wait, you know, wait for the answer. <laughs> he will give it to you. He will speak. Um, it, and then uh, he, Jesus says in that same passage there, he says that he's going to give his spirit the disciples that he said it's 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 uh, on you but it's going to come in you so it's it comes in the disciples and this is uh, one of the one of the answers in the uh crossword po- puzzle that i gave you guys if you got that in your hand out there today um let's go to acts chapter two like i said we're going to bounce around a little bit today i think it's healthy to, to know the bible a little bit and to, to bounce around i remember when i first uh started coming to church i had no idea i'm like how does this all work with the numbers and stuff and and um, it, you know, it grew on me, and I, I learned. And uh, before you knew it, I could start flipping pretty quick. You know, so we're going to go to that. That's uh, that's actually in page seven seventy one, Acts chapter two. I'm going to read verse uh, one to four. It says, um, when the day of Pentecost came, they were all together in one place. Suddenly, the sound like a blowing of a violent wind from heaven came and filled the whole house where they were sitting. They saw what seemed to be tongues of fire that separated and came to rest on each one of them. All of them were filled with the Holy Spirit and began to speak in other tongues that the Spirit enabled them. So, bam! Holy Spirit came. So, the disciples got the Spirit now living inside them. So, they got direct access. Now, these are these are the same guys who... They walked with Jesus for... For three years, they saw miracles. They saw all the different signs and wonders that He was doing, um, and, and they just now all of a sudden they're getting the Spirit. Like they they walked, they actually walked in a spiritual life, but they didn't have the comforter to walk with them. The, com- the comfort they received was directly from Christ Himself, and now that He went to be with the Father, He sent the Holy Spirit to be with them and also with us. So He had a. They didn't, you know, that's, isn't that cool that God had a plan? You know, He's like He's leaving, but He's not leaving. He's still going to be here with us. That's cool that he thinks of everything. I like that about him. Um, some of the things that the the Holy Spirit does, I just wrote down some of the offices of the Spirit. He, uh, I'm sure there's a lot more than what I wrote down. He's an advocate for us. I like that part that he's an advocate because I know that um, sometimes, like uh, if I do if I do sin and I feel like I've I've cut you know that tie with God, some a lot of pastors will say you know. You know, when you sin, you know, you've cut that tie with God, and there's this distance with God, and, and there's no distance. It's a perceived distance. You may feel funky because of your sin, and you may feel convicted by the Spirit, but if you've got anything beyond that, condemnation, guilt, shame, uh, all that stuff, that's not from God at all. All that stuff is from Satan, and he's what he does is he's trying to mimic what the Spirit's doing in your heart. He's trying to counterfeit it. He's a really good counterfeiter. He's trying to get all those little concepts in there and make you feel bad so because when you feel bad you don't feel like talking to God so all of a sudden there's this perceived space but there really is no space at all we just got to get right back into it again get right up on that bike and ride again you know they say when you're a little kid if you fall off the bike get up on the bike again and keep riding you know even with that bruised knee because you won't be afraid of it anymore so we're still kind of the same in that fashion like we've got that fear but we got that advocate with the, that lives inside of us, the Holy Spirit. you say, saying, "No, no, no, it's okay. I understand you did that. I forgive you. Let's go." He's cool with it, you know. Nice. He's not. Don't hear me say he's cool with sin. <laughs> we're not. No, we're not. CC Doggy is not cool with sin. But uh, we're. But uh, he, he's. He's. Uh, he's cool with us, and he's cool with us because of Jesus. So we can walk in that. Um, he's a comforter. He brings comfort to us. I know there's some people here. I can feel it in the air that people just need to be comforted this morning. And, um, you know, he's here for that, too. He'll comfort you this morning. He'll comfort you anywhere. It doesn't matter where you're at. He will comfort you. Um, he's a teacher. He's uh, the greatest te- Bible teacher that there is. He knows the whole thing inside and out. Um, he helped write it, as a matter of fact. And we can, um, we can count on him to teach us the Bible as we're going through it that we can say okay holy spirit what does this mean and i leaned on him a lot to try and get some things out of it this week that i could share with you guys you know I was just like okay uh, i'm trying to get along with him and just you know get quiet and just say what do you want me to say lord because i am lo- i'm lost <laughs> i know this i know what the scripture says i can read that that's good right now what do i do so he just you know he gives you little things to to, to show and um and that, you know my, your mind gets expanded as he as he breathes life into it and he just shows you what to say and what to do and how, who he is um, he, he's a revealer he's, uh, he's giving me revelation he gives us revelation of who he is he gives us revelation to on different things aspects in our life um, he's really good with money so if you guys anybody have money problems ask him he knows how to do it he'll give you ideas on how to bring more money in or how to not spend so much money. I'm working on that one myself, not spending so much money. It's like all of a sudden, wait a minute, where'd all that money go? Um, But he'll show me, I know he will. He gives us guidance. He's our source of power inside of us. Um, I don't know if you guys have heard of that concept of, uh, you probably have, of pastors being burned out, like they're so tired they just can't preach anymore. It's like, how does that happen to a pastor? I'm always puzzled by that. It's like, how do they get so burned out that they can't? They must be just doing too much or something, but... The, the Holy Spirit's our energizer bunny. He'll give you more energy, more power. It's like, yeah, yeah, yeah. He's just ready to go inside of you. So if we're living more on the spirit side of life, we can get that power. I believe we can. Um, he's a deposit guaranteeing an inheritance, and he's a seal. He seals our hearts. So um, he he's actually the piece. That, you know, you go to heaven and uh, your soul gets presented before God, and he's maybe he's doing this looking, oh, there's my spirit, you know. <laughs> yep, come on in. So uh You know, he guarantees that inheritance. That's why I know Nadine is in heaven. Because she had that, and Joanne is in heaven because of that. They had that seal on them. They had that inheritance. They had that guarantee. And that's always good. God's guarantee never runs out. There's not any loopholes in that. You know, once you get the Holy Spirit, and that's it. Once you're born again, that's it. You're in. Um, He's our strength. He is the truth. Uh, I came up with this... uh, with this saying it said, I said that he is the agent of regeneration and I like that like the secret agent kind of I see like that guy with the little hat you know the secret agent guy and uh, that he's the agent of regeneration and regeneration is really uh, that new creation inside of us that's growing that thing is growing from the inside out and um, regeneration can be kind of slow sometimes but I think it can grow a little bit faster if we um, if we really believe Uh, and our identity I think that it starts to grow a little faster so if we really take on who Christ says we are inside of us it starts to come out in the outside of us a little quicker even you know it's just like the stuff that normally bothers us um, say you're having problems uh, paying the bills or something that stuff would normally for me I know it would dominate every thought I would constantly be thinking how am I going to do this 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 instead of like saying, okay, you know what, Holy Spirit, I've been down this road before, you provided before, I need you to provide even bigger this time, (laughs) but I need your help, how do I do it, how do I, how do you want me to do it, what do you want me to do, and then just start thanking him on this side of the problem for what he's going to do in the future, and what it does is just kind of shifts my whole way of thinking and looking at the problem, now it's not so much my problem, it's kind of his problem now, (laughs) if I can do that to him, you know, but... he can take care of it. He's big. He can, he can handle it. He's a big God. So that's just one way that... I think thanking Him ahead of time is one way that we can really show that we believe what He's doing in our hearts. You know? And it doesn't matter what the problem is. It really doesn't. It could be anything. It could be 20 problems in a row. You know, Satan loves to dump 20, 30 things on your lap at one time. He just does that stuff. Like this morning, you know, getting up and speaking is not something that that I'm really good at or that I'm like, yeah, I want to go do that. You know, I'm like, eh. So, I get this, the whole nervousness, anxiety, the fear of it. Um, first worship song starts. i have be cool all morning. The first worship song stops, And it's like, doo, 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 doo. I got to go speak in a few minutes. I better get it together, you know. And, <laughs> and I'm like, wait a minute, wait a minute. It's going to be all right. You know, I'll figure something. It'll it'll work out, you know. I'll just think I'm on this side of the, of the problem here. So, he... So he'll work through that, you know, he works through all that stuff. It's not something that it's not natural for me to get up and and speak and talk about him. Especially him. Like this this week, Jared I said, Jared, what what am I speaking on? He's like, "Uh, John fourteen, towards the end, I start reading it, it's about the Holy Spirit. I'm like, The Holy Spirit? Can we talk about something smaller? You know? The Holy Spirit is huge. I mean, where do you want to go with that? And then and then as I, you know, had some quiet time and, and got a chance to sit down, I realized that the Holy Spirit wanted me to speak about peace a little bit and we're gonna get to that, so I mean, mosey through some of these scriptures. Um, and, uh, and the other part of that, uh, having that spirit inside of us, is that we can look at, we can tap into him for, uh, for new ideas at work, for, um, for our marriage, for parenting. He's there to help us. I mean, he can help us parenting a, a, a child that's rough to, to parent. He can help us with that. He can show us how to speak to their heart. He can show us to look through the fault and into the need of our children. And, and that's really what we're doing a lot of times we're looking through the fault and into a need And um, actually I failed at that uh, I think it was Friday, yeah it was Friday again I was uh, I was driving, on, um, I was just leaving a job I had to go get some materials I was driving and I was I think I was emailing somebody at the same time you're really not supposed to do that it's uh, pretty difficult um, but there was a garbage truck in front of me so I was going kind of slow and I went around the garbage truck and then there was, the stop sign was there and I kind of came up to the stop sign doing one of these, you know, and I came up to the stop sign quickly and stopped fast, and there was a guy walking across the street, and he was not happy with me, so he was like, I don't know what he was saying, I couldn't hear what he was saying, my window was down, but he was saying something that wasn't nice to me, and and I said, thank you, officer, you know, (laughs) we're kind of in Hartford, not in a great section, and uh, he didn't like that comment at all. And um, then he started doing one of these, so I started doing one of these, you know. And and, uh, (laughs) I'm like, "What am I doing? You know? Calm down." So that was a story I wasn't going to tell you. But anyway, see, no, I just didn't. uh, It was terrible. So, so I didn't exactly tap into him for a new idea on how to talk to this guy. I just kind of was like, I just went with the flesh that time. And I said, "Man, why did I do that?" And I, I got down the road. I was like, "Come on, man. We're not like that. That's not part of who I am." That's not part of who Keith Murphy is anymore. Keith Murphy is a new creation. I just had to talk myself down a little bit and then ended up praying for him. So hopefully he'll be all right. After that wasn't very nice of me, but... (laughs) Thank God I didn't get out of the truck or something. That'd be so dumb. (laughs) Uh, He empowers us to heal the sick. He empowers us to raise the dead, which I haven't personally done yet, but I'm working on it. Uh, I actually prayed for a cat one time. This might sound kind of stupid, too. I prayed for a cat of ours that died, that it would be raised from the dead. I just loved that cat, you know. it's such a shame. But he didn't. He didn't raise from the dead, so. That didn't work. Um, we could set demons flying, and we can speak deliverance. We can also speak into people's lives, you know. that The Holy Spirit is not just for us. It's for other people, too. He wants to speak into people's lives, people that we live with, people that we live near us, people that we work with, people in Walmart. I mean, he's got a word for everyone. And he's... He's willing to bring that word through us to other people. And he'll give us a word in season. The word says that he'll give us a word in season for people, and that'll help set them free. It may not even be like that one. Like it takes a lot of touches of Jesus to save us all. You know, it's not just that one touch. But you could be the one, the last one. You know, and they say, hey, there's something different about you. What, what's going on? And you just then you just download on them. <laughs> um, let's go to. Uh, can we go over to Luke 11? Let's go to Luke 11, 9 through 13. That's just um, it's just Jesus talking about the Holy Spirit coming. But just before that, he says that, something I thought was really interesting. Um, so he says, he says say, that's uh, page 735. He says, so I say to you, ask and it will be given to you, seek and you will find, knocking the door will be opened to you for everyone who asks receives he who seeks finds and to him who knocks the door will be opened and then he says which of you fathers if your sons ask for a fish will give him a snake instead or if he asks for an egg will give him a scorpion imagine that if you then though you are evil know how to give good gifts to your children how much more will your father in heaven give the holy spirit to those who ask him and I was just thinking that's a great I think we need to look at that because that's that's God's heart towards us right there you know that's the Father's heart towards you and towards me is that his his intentions are always really good for us he's not trying to trick us he's not trying to you know give us a trick or treat he's not going to give us a snake for or, for bread or, or whatever or for a fish or, or um he's not going to give I can't even believe that thing a scorpion why would you ever give a kid a scorpion it's so messed up right but but uh, even though we're we fail at stuff and even though we're in our flesh we're evil and we need that regeneration uh, we're still not going to do stuff like that so how much more is God going to give us more than what we ask him for he's going to always give us that one thing or those two things that we really need deep in our hearts and then that can work out on the outside he can give us that revelation and I think that's what really changes a lot of things is that, that revelation um, and then verse uh, we'll go back to see, I'm going to flip around a lot today because I think it's healthy we're gonna go back to to uh, John fourteen again. You guys finally just keep a finger there because we're gonna be popping back and forth. So we'll go over to. Um, yeah, we'll go over to verse twenty one. Now verse twenty. Let's go to verse twenty. Like that one. He says, yeah, "I can barely see up here today. Uh, it's really dark. Isn't it dark in here or is it me?" <laughs> On that day, you will realize that I am in the Father, and that you are in me, and I am in you. Whoever has my commands and obeys him, he is the one who loves me. He who loves me will will be loved by my Father, and I too will be loved by him and show myself to him. And I was reading through that this week, and I'm like, that's kind of confusing to me. I'm like, I wasn't quite getting it. And uh, I was talking to Jared about it, and, and, and he was just saying that, you know, it's, it's relational, like we're... We're, it's, it's just very relational God you know he's in us and we're in him and we're with the spirit and we're all we're all together you know he, it's, he wants to be relational with us he wants to hang out with us and and that through that relationship through building on that relationship through cultivating that relationship with the Holy Spirit is that's when we start to get breakthroughs in our life that's when we start to understand wait a minute this isn't about me anymore this is about God living in me and I'm not that person that starts fights like the guy who was driving my truck uh, Friday but, uh, you know, that we're, that we're not like that anymore, you know, that we're different. And that's how it works out from the inside out. Um, I think I skipped the thing here. No, I got it. So, uh, Jesus says, on that day, uh, he says, on that day that you'll know. He said, you know, what, what day was he talking about when he said that? What did he say the day of salvation? Was it the day that, that's coming? Um, does, is it a day that we die or are we really going to know? But he said, you're going to know. And I think that we can get part of that now. We can live, you know, as, as we get that Holy Spirit in us, just breathing new life and new thoughts into our minds that we can know Him more and more and more. And uh, I just wanted to, to mention that um, His day is coming. It's really going to be our day as well, but His day is coming. He's coming back again, and that's going to be cool. That's going to be so amazing. He's going to change everything. It's not going to always be like this, like how we live right now. You know, we'll have new bodies and new minds, and, and uh, there won't be any more sin. Can you imagine not having any more sin? How cool that would be. And how you could really hear the Father's voice when he's talking to you. Just being in, in communion. And we can have that now, but we could, we'll have that so much more That It'll be automatic. It'll be like, ah, okay. We'll just be happy. We'll be free. We'll be how we're supposed to be. And, and that's why Jesus came. That was, that was his rescue mission, right? It was the biggest covert operation of all time. He came in, and he punked the devil he came in and he died and the devil's like yeah we got him and then he rose again and the devil's like oh no <laughs> it didn't work it didn't work at all he, he punked them good and, and what happened when he did that was he rescued us forever it's not just like this one time thing and now we get to go to heaven it's going to be not just heaven we're going to be living back on earth again in the future and there's going to be all different kinds of stuff it's all written down in, in Revelation you guys can read it on your own but that day is coming and glory is coming, we 're going to be living in glory, and I'm really excited about that. that's going to be so fun, so good and we'll be able to see the people that have gone before us and they're going to be like, "Ah yeah, we were talked about that. remember that come on over here and and uh, I could just uh, I could just see Nadine showing me all the you know the lemon pies and everything that are in heaven waiting and she was a, she had a sweet tooth you know so I, I just think that uh, I'll get to see my grandfather again, who I really loved and uh, it was a tough loss and, and uh, but I'll get to see him again so my grandmother and some other people have gone before us. And, um, but the question is for, I, I know most of the people in this room and, and the question is, are you ready? Are, do you have your fire insurance? You know, have you accepted Jesus into your heart so that you don't have to be separated eternally from him? That's the question. So I know most people in this room have, have done that. Um, and we we'll, we can show you how to do that. Uh, Jared or I are the number of people here can pray with you to receive Jesus into your heart. Um, also, if you're listening on, on your internet, it's for you, this is your day. Um, you need your fire insurance. You need to accept Jesus into your heart and to be saved and born again. So if anybody listening to this who is not born again, um, get born again. You'll never regret it. Amen. Um, so he keeps talking about, he says so many times in this, he says, uh, to obey my commands, to love me. Uh, he who loves me, I love him. And, and he keeps building on that on that thing on that love thing and um, he promises that when I love him he said I'm going to show you more of myself as, a, as we're loving him and I think that a good way to love him is just kind of uh, to be filled with thankfulness towards him to just thank him for what he's done in our lives and to thank him for what he's done um, that we, if we can do that if we can have that attitude of thankfulness that he'll show us more of himself and we'll never exhaust that like we don't get to the end and say oh we learned it all about Jesus that's it we're done let's go home you know we don't you don't get to the end I think even even in eternity we'll be learning about him we'll be growing in him and we'll be um, our bodies and our minds and our our concepts of even who even knows like we we have a concept of what our mind is now but is is it really going to be like that when we're in heaven or when we're with him or we have our new body it could, could be totally different you know we don't it's really hard to say but I think we have a good hope in that—that that He's going to keep teaching us, and He's going to keep showing us. And there's more and more and more. This thing, He's God. He's never. He can't exhaust Him. You know, you can't get to the, the mountaintop and say, "Oh, we're here. That's it. I got all the God stuff." And then there's the then there's the big plateau to the next mountain. There's always that that climbing that we can do. There's always that growing and learning that we can do in Him. And and that's cool. I th- I think that's well. I personally think that's cool because, you know. I'm how could you ever get, you'd get bored after a while, wouldn't you? Just floating around on clouds and shooting arrows or whatever you do. I don't know. You know, just learning and growing and, and he'll have assignments for us. He knows why he made us. Like Mike Lotteloupe, I'm looking at you right now and I, I know, he knows, God knows why he made you, why he created you, why your soul was created. And he'll have an assignment specifically for you, you know, in heaven. And you'll have a, a specific task to do. Like He made you. There's one piece of this puzzle missing, and it's the Mike Latsaluk boat. Mary goes, and now things are complete. Now things are in place. And um, I think that's cool. If we look at ourselves like that, as that, as that value, I think we come into agreement with how Jesus looked at us and why He did what He did. So if we come to, into that agreement with the, how valuable our souls are, we start to love ourselves because of that. Then we start to be able to love other people even more we could begin to see the value in them like the guy that you know that was had a hard time with me doing emails and driving you know <laughs> he's a valuable soul you know I probably should have said now you know what I'm sorry man you know instead I gave him a wise crack I'm learning though I'm gonna get better <laughs> um, it's uh so he says obey my teaching oh, oh I had this other point here he said um he said he's going to come and make us, in verse 23 and 24, he says, he will make his home in us. And I thought that, um, you know, I, I was thinking, yeah, I can make myself more clean for him, you know, clean my house up for him, but it's not really that in particular. It's more like um, coming into agreement with his house cleaning skills. Like, he's not going to come into my heart because it's clean. He's already there. But he's inside there like, you know what, can we throw this out? We've had this for a while, you know. <laughs> are, you, are you done with this? This thing is disgusting, you know, and... and uh, you know, uh, those dirty dishes and stuff, and, and the, the way I think, maybe uh, maybe even like a movie that I might think is acceptable and okay, which is probably not uh, that I shouldn't be watching. At, um, you know, he's saying, you know what, you know, it's, just, it's time to weed some of this stuff out. You know, it's time to get, you know, let's get more, let's get more in line with what I'm doing. You know, and if we'd come into agreement with that type of teaching, I think that we're making that temple more clean for him, more acceptable. And it's, I don't think it necessarily benefits him, but it benefits us greatly. Because we'll start to really be able to hear his voice differently and more, you know. So I think that's a good concept. Let's go to First um, Corinthians. Verse 6. Let me know when you guys get the page number on that one. First Corinthians 6. What was it? You guys are like, man, you miss Jared. He doesn't make you do it all this, huh? <laughs> I got 809. 1 Corinthians chapter 6. Try that. 809. We're going go to go verse 19 and 20. Verse 19 and 20. This is Paul talking to the Corinthian church. He says, Do you not know that your body is the temple of the Holy Spirit who is in you, whom you have received from God? You are not your own. You were bought at a price. Therefore, honor God with your body. So he's saying the Holy Spirit's inside of us. And I'm like, man, that's good news because... <laughs> I always, you know, I always had a hard time with, uh, you know, growing up. And I've been a Christian for a long time, and I should be probably a lot further along than I am. But whatever, I'm, I'm where I'm at right now, and I'm, I'm okay. I'm going to get better. But he's... Uh, I always had people telling me, like, you know, your body's a brother... Your body's the temple of the Holy Spirit, brother. You know, and and it, it, to me meant that I was living wrong and that I needed to straighten stuff out. You know, it was always like a condemnation thing. I couldn't stand hearing that. After a while, I was like, "All right, all right, I get it." You know, stop. But he, really, but he, our body really is the temple of the Holy Spirit, and and it's uh, it's good for us to just be in agreement with that. You know, to just kind of say, "How can I be in agreement with you, Holy Spirit?" You know, have a conversation with Him. Just ask Him, "How can I be in agreement with you? How can I?" Uh, change some things maybe change the things I look at change the things that come out of my mouth I really want to change me personally I want to change the things that come out of my mouth that's what I want to change I don't want it to be you know I don't want to be quick to be angry especially like uh, we are doing a, a small patio job and I hit my thumb with that one of those big hammers with those, those rubber hammers I mean, I've been in carpentry for 30 years and I still hit my thumb you know what I mean it's, that's so frustrating and the first thing out of my mouth wasn't like oh praise God you know it, it was a, it was a bad one, you know. <laughs> I mean, it did hurt, but you know, just I don't want that to be my first response all the time, you know. And it's and it's not actually, I, you know, I have to give myself some credit. It's not actually the first response all the time, but it's still a little too prevalent for my liking. So, our body is the temple of the Holy Spirit, and we need we should try and get in step with that as much as we can. And how we do that is not by doing a bunch of physical uh, stuff to get like like. I think I've approached Christianity in, in a more of a, uh, like, carnal way most of my life. And what I mean by that is, like, I'm trying to change a behavior, but I'm doing it, you know, it's all... Like, I understand these concepts, and I get it, but I'm trying to do it by my understanding, not by the Holy Spirit living inside of me. Does that make sense? So what I'm doing is, like, uh, I want to wait. So I get on a diet, I force myself to not eat certain things, and I force myself to eat, like, I mean rice cakes anybody like rice cakes oh man but you gotta you know eat rice cakes if you want to lose weight you know but you put enough stuff on them they taste pretty good but then that stuff that you put on them is no good so that's a whole other thing so uh, I don't even know where I was going with that whatever (laughs) rice cakes mess me up oh my gosh so I'm just saying that I was trying to do that stuff in the flesh. I was like, I would always approach a problem or a behavior in the flesh first before I would approach it in the spirit. So um, I'm kind of heading towards this peace thing that, that I wanted to talk about and that we have that peace living inside of us. Like we, A lot of us won't have peace if our circumstances are not peaceful. So we will not get peace unless we really feel that peace on the outside of us first. So in my life, peace would look like this. My wife's happy with me. My kids are doing good, I'm making plenty of money, all the bills are paid, and, I don't know, I got a lot of food or something. You know, that's like, that's peace, but that's all outside peace, you know? And if I I can't feel inner peace until I get that peace, I may never get that peace. You know what I mean? So it's got to come the other way around. So what I'm doing now is I'm believing that I have the fruit of the Spirit inside of me, which is peace, joy, love, patience, goodness, you know, self-control. Self-control, that's nice. But it comes from the inside out, rather than the outside in. Does that make sense? And it's lasting that way. Because we can all get on a diet for two months, three months. And I'm just picking on food because it's you know, it's the one that I've struggled with. But if, once you change your mind on it, and once you come to an agreement with the Spirit, you know what, you, you know what, Lord, you know what really changed me? Like, I lost about 30 pounds. What really changed the way I looked at it was um, I was starting to be hypertensive. My blood pressure was hypertensive. Like, I'm not a sick person. I hate going to the doctor. And I don't don't like being sick. And I'm like, here I am. I have a lifestyle where I'm making myself sick. That's just dumb to me, you know? To me, it's dumb. I'm not saying anybody else who might struggle with that is dumb. I'm saying, to me, that's dumb because I know better. So I'm like, okay. So how do I change this? Like, for real this time, how do I change this, you know? And I realized that, that I'm valuable to God... My soul is valuable to him. My life is valuable to him. He can use me. He can use me in my grandchildren's life. I'm valuable to them. I'm valuable to my kids. And I need to just kind of come in line with that. It was just time for me to come in line with it. To just agree with him. Just say, you know what? Holy Spirit, you live inside of me. Go for it. Whatever you want to do. Show me how to eat different. You know, show me how to live differently. Show me how to put you first in that. And, uh, and that's what happened. So... I was able to get some finally get some victory on that stuff just by coming at it from the other side. When I spent, you know, 25 years coming at it from this way and kind of bouncing off it and coming back. And I come this way through the Holy Spirit and it's like, "Oh, it works." <laughs> it works so I get that peace. Let's uh you know, let's go over to um Yeah, let's go to this let's go to Gal- Galatians 5. Let me know if you get the page number on that one too. Galatians chapter five. I got page uh, eight twenty six. We're going to go to verse twenty two and twenty three. I'm going to read a little bit before that, because uh, I think it's important. These are the we're going to get to this this peace part now. That I what I really wanted to focus on. If you guys get anything out of all the mumbo jumbo that came out of my mouth this morning, you got to get the peace part. <laughs> all right. So if you go to verse sixteen, it says, "Life by the Spirit." So I say. Live by the Spirit, and you will not gratify the desires of the sinful nature. For the sinful nature desires what is contrary to the Spirit, and the Spirit what is contrary to the sinful nature. They are in conflict with each other, so that you do not do what you want. But if you are led by the Spirit, you are not under the law. The acts of the sinful nature are obvious. Sexual immorality, impurity, debauchery, idolatry, witchcraft, hatred, discord, jealousy, fits of rage, excuse me, selfish ambition, dissension, factions, envy, drunkenness, orgies, and the like. Wow, I didn't know that word word was in there. Um, I warn you, as I did before, that those who live like this will not inherit the kingdom of God. But, I love God's buts. He says, but, the fruit of the Spirit, this is the Spirit, the same Spirit that you have inside of you, the same Spirit that I have living inside of me, the fruits of him, the evidence that he's in there, is love. The fruit of the spirit is joy. The fruit of the spirit is peace. The fruit of the spirit is patience. The fruit of the spirit is kindness. The fruit of the spirit is goodness. The fruit of the spirit is faithfulness. The fruit of the spirit is gentleness. And The fruit of the spirit is self-control. Against such things there is no law. Isn't that good news? So we already have that living inside of us as a regenerated Christians. We're, that's inside of us right now. And something about something about peace that really struck me this week was um, peace. You really can't have peace. Like even if you look at it like politically, we can't have peace with Canada without an agreement. We can't have peace with Mexico without some kind of agreement. If you look at it nationally, right? Peace costs us something. Peace is going to cost us something. It's going to cost us some type of agreement. We have to come into, either we're going to really whoop on them and submit them into what we want, which forces them to make some kind of concessions to us, or they're going to do it to us. Or we do it in a peaceful manner where we give them some things, they give us some things, and we're just friends, right? So we have peace with them through that. Um, And the same thing with, with the Lord is that it costs me something to live in that peace, and what it costs me is me continually giving up my rights, getting, continually giving up my self-centered, selfish life, which is all just killing me, anyways. It's all just garbage, anyways. If I live the way I want to live, if I want to just anytime I have a desire in my flesh, if I just want to feed that thing, then I'm, I'm going to be, I'm just going to be filled with misery. But if I agree with what he says, right? If I agree that I'm valuable, if I agree that. I'm a soul that he died for, that I have inherent value in him because of that. Um, Then I start to see things differently and I start to have peace. Does that make sense? So that first peace that we get is peace with him. We first have to get that salvation type peace going. So our sins are no longer held against us, right? So we get that kind of peace. So we're good, right? God accepts us and we're good until we sin and then we kind of feel stupid about it. You know how it goes up and down like that. That makes me nuts. But that should become less and less because over time, after we start coming to agreement with that, when we start agreeing with that, we start valuing ourselves, we start loving ourselves, then we can start to love Him for what He's done for us. And then He starts showing us more of Him. You know, now we got the snowball going in the other direction, right? Now we're really gaining some speed with this thing. Does that make sense? But we're doing that through the Spirit. Isn't that correct? If we're, if we're looking at it that way, we're heading that way through the Spirit, not through the flesh. If I look at it through the flesh, I'd be like, well... You know, I did that sin last Saturday night, and today's Sunday. That's about six days, seven days. Yeah, I'm good now. <laughs> yeah, I forgive myself now, so now I can be in a relationship with God again until I do it again, you know? But it's not like that. You know, It's he immediately forgives us of our sins, and we're faithful to confess them. If we need to, we we'll get to grab a brother and say, hey, i got to talk to you, man. i got this problem. Can you pray for me? Let's just get it out you know just get that stuff out so it no longer becomes what we're focused on but all he's really asking us to do is give us our rights and our self-centeredness and our selfishness you know that's all he's asking and it's all stuff that really harms us anyway so why not just give it up why not continually give it up why not just keep fighting against it and that's I'm, con- I'm convinced that that's what I need to do and I need to keep doing that so that I can get free and uh yeah, or a way that seems right to a man too. There's a, there, there's certain ways that seem right to us because of how we've grown up and, and stuff like that, and that's a whole nother ball game. Um, so I think that the more that we do that, um, the more that we have the, that peace, that we believe that we have that peace inside of us, that we have those, the fruits of the Spirit working in our life, as we see evidence of that, and we just say, this is, this is who I am. This is part of who I am. I'm not the guy that gets mad at the guy uh, who was walking across the road that I kind of wronged in the first place. I'm not the guy that reacts towards that. I'm the guy that says, hey, I'm sorry, you know, and I love on him instead. If I'm that kind of guy, then I start to get that peace that transcends understanding flowing in, into my life. I start to have more and more of that peace. And that's I think that's what we're going for. We want that peace that transcends understanding to keep coming in. And that's uh that's in Philippians chapter four. We, let's let's turn there. Philippians chapter four. Ephesians, Philippians, Colossians. You guys like jumping around like this? So fun, huh? So that's on page uh, 832. Philippians chapter 4, verse uh, 4 through 6. Rejoice in the Lord always. I will say it again, rejoice. Let your gentleness be evidence to all. The Lord is near. Do not be anxious about anything, but in everything, by prayer and petition with thanksgiving, present your requests to God, and the peace of God, which transcends all understanding, will guard your hearts and your minds in Christ Jesus. If you're going through a hard time, I would suggest you just keep reading that. Just hold on to that. Get a promise and hold on to it. And don't let it go until you get better. That's what I do, man. I just hang on. I just read it over and over and over and over and pray and read it over and, uh, and just keep coming to them. And then eventually, I'll get to the thank you ahead of times. You know, like I'm not out of the woods yet, but thank you that I'm going to be out of the woods. Thank you that it's coming. Thank you that you promised to be with me. Thank you that you promised to, to straighten this stuff out, and and that's what that's what I need. I need that mindset. And I, you know, sometimes you don't even know, you, know, you have no idea how he's going to do it. God, I, I, it, it's not something that you can understand even. You know, I don't know how you are going to do it, but I know you're going to do it. And then we just trust him for it. And that, I don't think that's a that's not a huge thing to ask, but it's a really difficult thing in our flesh, right, to let that go to that point. I was a. Uh, remember when I first got sober years ago, um, people would just say, you know, uh, let it go. I'm like, how do you do that? (laughs) How do you let anything go? I didn't understand that. How do you let it go? It didn't make sense to me. And then they would explain it to me. I'm like, it doesn't make sense. (laughs) You're just saying let it go in another way. (laughs) Like, who do I let it go to? I don't understand. uh, Who takes it? And it just kept coming back and coming back. But when I got born again, I started to realize... I've got this other advocate living inside me. I've got this Holy Spirit living inside me. i got somewhere to go finally with all this garbage that the world presents to us, you know. And it seems like the longer you're in this, the more garbage Satan likes to put on you. He's always trying to get, you know, he's trying to get into those weaknesses. There's, there's a guy, um, uh, Curry Blake, uh, he was talking about his daughter was really sick. And he's out on the road, I don't know how many days a year, but a lot of days a year he's out on the road preaching the gospel and um, doing healing stuff and, and helping people. And his daughter was, uh, she was going to give birth, I think it was, and she was in a hospital and she was really sick just before the baby was ready to come. And it was an emergency, you know, it was a big problem. And she called him up and he said, listen, I I can't be there. And she's like, well, I need you here, I need you here. And he said, I can't be there, I'm out here doing what I'm supposed to be doing for the Lord. And he said, listen, we had this conversation before. When, when you were younger, I said, listen, when... I'm out doing what God wants me to do. If every time something happens to you, I got to stop doing it, guess what's going to happen? Satan's going to keep using that tactic. He's going to keep push, pulling me off the field, pulling me off the field because there's something wrong over here. But the more we kind of ignore that and keep moving forward, then he can't use that tactic anymore. It doesn't work. So let's take let's take some of his tools away. You know, it's time for us to punch him a couple times. You know, um, and then uh, but. You guys don't have to turn back there, but we're going back towards uh, to John 14. Um, Jesus is kind of warming the disciples up the whole time that he's going to be leaving soon. That he's going to die. and But then he says, I'm coming back again. And I, th- these guys are like scratching their heads. They have no idea what he's talking about. Even you can tell by the questions they ask him later on in the gospel. It's like, he, they just didn't get it. And I, I'm sure if I was there, I wouldn't get it either. But he said, I'm going away, but I'm coming back again. And um And and he was he was set for that mission. He knew what he was going to do. Nowadays, when like the when the United States is in a war, we have a bunch of reporters that go with us in war. So we're like, uh, you know, say all of us were going to get up and we were going to go attack Cheshire. (coughs) We would have a reporter with us, and they'd go, "Okay, they're getting ready to go attack Cheshire right now." And then the enemy'd be watching TV and going, "Hey, they're coming our way." You know, (laughs) it's so dumb. But Jesus didn't like he he told them what was going on but he didn't actually you know tip his whole hand and say you know they're going to nail me to a cross so I'm going to be in the grave and I'm going to raise three he used parables and he used different things to tell them that but they didn't they didn't get it and stuff like that so he didn't tip his hand it was a it was a mission uh, a very successful mission that he just totally slammed Satan um, and I got one more thing in here for uh, for the crossword puzzle um, Jesus said uh, the prince of this world is coming um Towards the end of that chapter in, in, uh, in John 14. He says, the prince of this world is coming. And I, th- I thought, who's the prince of this world? And, and uh, the prince of this world is Satan. You know, that's who it is. And he's a punk. His, actually I actually have a new name for him here. It's um, Bonehead. So Satan is a bonehead. That'll help you out with the crossword puzzle. It's not in the Bible. It's not a biblical term, I don't think. But he's a bonehead. And he has limited power, um, but not over us he doesn't have any power over us. He only has the power over us that we give him. Um, we must, I think we must exercise power, particularly in taking thoughts captive. You know, the thoughts that come in, you know, uh, a bad report from the doctor or something comes in. So what? We're going to be all right. You know, it, it, maybe maybe it won't be all right completely, but he's going to get through it. Jesus is way bigger than all that stuff. and We just give Satan too much room to, to slap us around sometimes and we can... We could fight him, and I think take take the thoughts captive. If I know for me is really important, and I have a thought pop into my head, I just have to kind of pull it out, look at it, throw it out, and then uh, I had something this week. I was going to share this too. I can't remember what it was, but I had something this week that kept popping up, and it kept popping up. And I was like, finally, I was like, you know what? I don't want to hear it anymore. You know, leave me alone. And then I just started speaking scripture, and it just went away. But I, you know, before that, you know, I wasn't really paying attention to it until it started really bugging me and I was like all right that's it <laughs> you want to fight let's fight I get my Bible out I got I got a big club I can beat you with um, so I was talking to Jared and, and um, we we're talking about peace and um, he goes you know you should look up like uh, how much money we spend on anxiety medication and stuff like that and I was like, that's kind of interesting you know so I did look that up last night and uh, maybe it was this morning I don't remember but uh, the annual cost associated with major depression in the United States is estimated to between 44 and 55 billion dollars. Wow. I think it's something like one in five people wrestle with anxiety or depression, or, you know, I don't think you get depression unless you have anx- anxiousness first and worry, right? It kind of starts the whole ball rolling. So you get worried and then you start kind of you know it takes over. It does, and it's, it's a shame, but we don't have to worry because we have the Holy Spirit and we can overcome it we can win we don't need to spend 44 billion dollars on it to win but uh, but I wanted to encourage you guys this morning that um that peace is attainable that we already have peace that lives inside of us and if you're lacking peace this morning you know let us pray over you for peace let's break this thing down and if you need peace let's get some because it's available completely available um and, and uh, you know we don't need to keep worrying. Jared was talking about worry last week, and and kind of dovetailed right in. Where, where Jesus is comforting the disciples, and he he's giving them the Holy Spirit. He's telling them the Holy Spirit's coming. He didn't quite give it to them yet, but he was telling them that the Holy Spirit's coming, and that you know I'm not going to leave you as orphans, and you know you're going to be okay, and we're okay because of that. So we can live in, uh, a life in the Spirit because of that. And I think that's a, that's really good news. So um, the reality of a of a peaceful life available right now. It's not off in the future. It's not dependent on circumstances. It's dependent on my position in Christ. Really. I mean, we can still get peace the other way, but that's like I'm talking about, just keep going back and around and around and around. You're just going to keep getting tossed around. So we can have that peace now if we want it. Does that sound good? All right, man. That's what I got for you guys this morning. That's all I got. But let's uh, let's pray. And if anybody wants... Uh, if Who wants to come up? I'll pray. We'll pray for you for uh, for peace. <coughs> we can do that. So, Father, uh, I pray, Lord, that everything that I said this morning that wasn't of you would just fall to the ground, Lord, and that everything that Your Holy Spirit would speak in would just resound in our hearts, Lord. I pray, Father, that You would um, just breathe life into us Lord that we would uh, really walk in the fruit of the spirit that's inside of us Lord I pray Lord that we would recognize the fruit of the spirit and that we would be really motivated Lord to uh, see more fruit of the spirit in our lives and we thank you that you're willing to do that and we thank you Lord that you have that peace that transcends all understanding Lord that no matter what the circumstances are that we can have peace and I pray for peace over this congregation in the name of Jesus and we thank you so much for that availability of your peace Lord Thank you for your comfort. Thank you for your healing, Lord, work that you're doing in so many people, Lord. Ah, We love you, Holy Spirit. Just keep doing it. Keep doing more and more. Go further, Lord. Go further than we could ever imagine or expect or hope for. Just keep going, Lord. We need you. We love you, Lord, in Jesus' name. Amen. So, there's uh, food downstairs. Have some food. And if you guys want or anybody needs prayer, come on up. I'll pray for you. get some peace welcome destinations between destinations